Okay, welcome back to another special edition of the We Do Science Guru Performance Podcast. This special edition is dedicated to Epic Fitness, um, which is an epic fitness summit, which is organised by the folks at uh, Body Power UK, which is a huge uh, event organization dedicated to the health and fitness industry uh, every year here in the UK we have the body power event and I know there's one in India also and uh, there's probably elsewhere but specifically the epic fitness summit um, is going to take place between May 15th and 17th within the body power summit and it is very specifically uh, put together as um, a way of bringing together a, a group of like-minded, evidence-based practitioners, researchers, uh, lecturers, and so on, uh, on a on a number of topics, which um, I introduced uh, in a previous teaser podcast. Um, and the first speaker uh, that we have on the Epic uh, Fitness Summit is here with me today, which is Menno Henselmans. Hi, Menno. Hi, Lawrence. It's great to be on the podcast. Yeah, great. So a, a little different from the regular... Uh, we do science podcast. This won't be this won't be so long because part of this is it, it is going to be a bit of a teaser. But I want to give the listeners a uh, a bit of insight into what you're going to be talking about. Now let's let's before we get into that, let's just quickly learn a bit more about you, Menno. So do you want to just give us a quick overview as to who you are? And by way of that, I just want to say the usual guests on we do we do science. We've got a lot of. Uh, researchers a lot of professors that sort of thing and we also have have practitioners and what i like about the epic fitness summit is it's a combination of of people who reside very much into the you know the, into the grassroots the trenches the uh the the real world that this knowledge and information exists which is you know within the health and fitness industry is typically those that are that are in the gym working with personal trainers reading magazines and journals and social media and and so on not necessarily all of the scientific journals and such and of course that's where problems can occur and I know that's something that you're very keen on as a as a practitioner and, and, and as a coach so anyway I'm uh, I'm butting in here so <laughs> Menno tell us a, a bit more about yourself right yeah in, in your classification I would definitely call myself a practitioner uh, I mean to the outside world, to non-clients. Uh, I'm mostly known as a scientific writer. Uh, I have a scientific publication with Brad Schoenfeld. I'm definitely going to do more of those. Uh, but it's uh, a labor of love, basically. I, the science I write, and uh, I'm also involved in some new projects. It's uh, I don't do it for money or anything. It's just purely because um, yeah, I'm just a science geek that way, I guess. And <laughs> you're amongst, you're but, amongst many friends, I can assure you, on this <laughs> podcast, yeah. Yeah, good. But so, really, in terms of um, uh, from the in terms of income from the business side, uh, I'm definitely a coach. Like most of my time on the day is spent uh, on online coaching with yeah. clients. So yeah, definitely practitioner. I do some fitness modeling on the side, but overall, I'd say like it, my job is mainly online coaching. Yeah, no, that's great, and I think that that that's what's going to make this particularly important because you you know you're a you're a practitioner, you're writing about this stuff in, uh, I'm going to use the wrong word, but the popular media, but of course the popular media of the day now is not what it used to be, it's not magazines mm -hmm. off a shelf, of course, there's many ways to access this information, and I think, I mean, you know, we, we all 
sort of sit on various sides of the, of, the, of the fence here. But I think we all have one thing in common, and that is a desire to get the right information through um, to people, exactly. which, of course, is the reason for the epic you know, fitness summit in um, next year, which you and many of these guys that, that you've just mentioned. And also, I, I should point out, a lot of the speakers like Brad Schoenfeld and um, and such, uh, you know, have, have been on this podcast a, a number of times. So uh, uh, most of our listeners are familiar mm-hmm. with these guys. So let's just get into this a bit, because I, I know that some of our listeners are researchers, some of them are sort of sports science students, some of them are strength and conditioning coaches, some of them are PTs, uh, some of them are just regular people with a, a desire for a high level of knowledge and, and science and so on, which um, you know, which is the appeal of, of what we're talking about. But of course, therein lies part of the issue, because there's a lot of people talking about this stuff from a pseudoscientific point of view, or literally just blagging stuff as we say here in the uk just making Mm -hmm. stuff up and that can be a huge problem at at the level that it's delivered to to the greater number of people i mean as much as you know your sort of high-end scientists would like to feel that their information is 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 being delivered through peer-reviewed journals and so on that isn't necessarily getting to the public so um you know, and I, I know that's something that you that you feel strongly about too, because I've read some of your stuff. So uh, I, I know that you, I mean specifically. So let's if we keep this to the topic you're going to be talking about is uh, novel insights into protein intake, nutrient timing, and and training frequency. Um, I mean, you know, generally in in this topic of of what's obviously sports nutrition or performance nutrition. I mean, where, you know, why do, why do you feel um, that this needs to be, you know, why do we even need to be presenting this topic um, at this at this conference, for example? Right. Well, what I'm going to do in my talk is I'm going to put a lot of things that people uh, tend to know a few things about, and I'm going to put it all in a whole new perspective, basically, yeah. at least for many people, and uh, so that everything clicks. Basically, I'm going to talk about a lot of things, you know, meal frequency, exercise frequency, nutrient timing in general, protein metabolism. Uh, It's not one topic. I'm going to basically get a whole bunch of things, link everything, provide an overall framework for how everything fits together. And the idea is that at the end of that, two things happen. First, a lot of things click so that you don't have this isolated information on, you know, like the myth of can you absorb 20 gram protein and does meal frequency matter you know understand all of these things and i'm going to put a lot of those things in a new daylight especially in terms of exercise frequency where uh, you know the current uh, bodybuilding uh, tradition is you blast a uh, body part once a week and then you let it recover i'm going to put that in uh, a whole new frame and talk about high frequency training um, can, can be too specific, of course, but I'm also going to talk about how all these things change if you get more advanced. And I think that's something that really gets neglected. Uh, you, you often hear people say in science, well, they're not advanced trainees, but they don't follow up that reasoning. What changes if you get more advanced? And that's what I'm going to talk about uh, for these things as well to show, you know, these things may work for a beginner and these things may work for a pro bodybuilder, but there is a spectrum here how things change when you start resistance training. So where, I mean, where do you feel things have gone a bit wrong? And and by that, I mean, 
from the perspective of people who are going to the gym, who are, and this this may even include some personal trainers, of course. But I mean, why? You know, where do you think things are going wrong? Is it there's a lack of education uh, on both sides of the fence? Uh, or there's too much misinformation. There's too much knowledge interference or confusion um and of course i mean it has to be said that there's a very powerful group of people out there dishing out information like their gurus or you know or whatever which is which is confusing to people because you know the listener or the reader doesn't really know how to differentiate which is the right information or the wrong information but of course you know some of it's packaged up and it's very cool and trendy uh the average reader doesn't really get critical appraisal or understand how to, you know, understand what's right. And of course, my favorite topic, which I talk about throughout this podcast all the time, is this business of context. Uh, you know, that 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 approach may be right for one person in one situation, but it's not necessarily right for another. So, I mean, I mean, initially, you know, where I mean, where's it all gone wrong, you think, at the grassroots level? Well, I think um, what you touch on is definitely true. It's not a problem of information. It's a problem of filtering. Yeah. The information is there. I mean, on the Internet, everything is basically there. And as a response to this, this, this need for extreme filtering, I think what, what's happening now also in evidence-based circles is that people are drawn more towards personalities, more towards people instead of principles. And uh, what I often hear, um, I'm sure... Um, my colleagues will agree on is that they'll put um, they'll put us against each other basically. So they'll be uh, well. Um, uh, what often comes up is Eric Helms, Alan Aragon, and me on protein intake. Well, Alan says this, Menno says this, and instead of thinking about uh, what we say, they don't look at the underlying principles and uh, our perspective. And perspective is very important here in many contexts because you have to take into account, is that person a coach? And uh, what kind of clients does that person have? What is the goal? For example, if I write something, it's usually in the frame of mind of someone with either a higher level bodybuilder or someone who wants to train like one, someone who's very serious about maximizing whole body muscle hypertrophy. So when other people write about, say, uh, to give a concrete example here, the squat, when I talk about the squat, and then usually I, I could say something like, it shouldn't take more than a few sessions. In fact, usually in one session, you can get someone to back squat. That's because most of my clients are not complete noobs. And if they are, they've usually had some exposure, like they've done sports or something. So I'm not talking about uh, a 60 year old housewife that never uh, set foot in a gym. Whereas if you learned, um, you hear other coaches talk, they may say that, well, the squat, you first do all these progressions, right? So first we may have, um, they can't even do deadlifts because they're not flexible enough. So first they have to do deadlifts from, uh, from a rack and then they get down lower. And when they've done that, they can start doing goblet squats and then they can move on to the squat. And if you don't have a perspective on that, then you don't know um, how you fit in there. I mean, if you've been, uh, training for a while or you have good flexibility you're healthy there's nothing wrong with you you have experience with sports you don't need you know a, a two-month program progressing to the squat mm. squatting is a natural movement you should be able to squat it's just a perfecting technique 
So perspective really is everything here. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, preaching to the converted men. I go on about it all the time. Uh, you know, context, perspective, you know, however, whichever word you want to use, it, it is absolutely critical. I like to teach my my students uh, specifically the concept of a toolbox. And, you know, you, you, you've got many different tools that you have in your toolbox. You need to know how to use those tools. You need to have a wide variety of tools, but you also need to know how to apply the right tools for the right situation. And and I think that's where there's a problem is people are very, well, in terms of being educated, you could think of it as the more educated you are, the more tools you have in your toolbox. Yes, exactly. Uh, but fundamentally, there's a lot of people who just aren't educated enough. So what happens is, is they've got like two tools. So it becomes one's black, one's white. And ultimately, that's all they know how to do. So they, they approach any scenario and say, well, it's black and white. You've got one way or the other, which, of course, is fundamentally a problem because you just don't have enough um, or you don't have the right tools, to, you know, to apply to the right job. And, of course, we know in the real world, if you use if you use that approach, you know, you, 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 you bodge the job, so to speak. And um, it, it, it becomes... Uh, at best, uh, you know, a, a half-baked uh, approach to something. And and I think that that is an issue. And, and within the health and fitness industry, and I've certainly seen this amongst many PTs, is there's this, this thing where they feel they just have to achieve a fundamentally basic level of education. Or you get a piece of paper that says that they're qualified as a PT or or more specifically, because I'm interested in nutrition mainly, um, is is they've got a piece of paper that says they've done a nutrition thing, and they, you know, that's like a tool in a toolbox, uh, and they think that fits everything. So of course it's like, well, you know, everyone should be low carb or high carb or paleo or you know, it's kettlebells for this or uh, front squat for that and so on. And of course it, it, you know, it 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 becomes an issue, and that's why we need continuing education whether that's formal attending college university uh obviously reading journals papers but of course attending cpd events is the best way i can explain it such as you know this epic fitness summit for example is a great day you've got three days of i mean it's gonna be three serious days of information but you know you are talking about something extremely important and many of your colleagues that are going to be talking up on that stage are going to be talking about these things too and i think that there's a lot of value to be taken from that so look um let's just very briefly talk about this business of nutrient timing and meal frequency and and so on because i know that you know it is such a controversial topic and like i say it's not black and white uh, and yes. I like, you know, and, and you're clearly someone who's very pragmatic about this and it needs to fit the perspective, the context. But uh, I mean, do you feel that um, that this is still a I mean, it's clearly a hot topic still that you're going to be talking about. In fact, it's an extremely popular topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in the spectrum of real knowledge, do you I mean, do you feel we've just scraped the surface on this or, or you know, I mean, where do you think we are with all this stuff? Yeah, I think with nutrient timing, what is often neglected is that there are different types of nutrient timing. I mean, you time nutrients based on a certain factor. And most often when people say nutrient timing, they basically just mean the super classical view of the anabolic window that you have to cram protein either at the end of or you have to sandwich your training session uh, by protein feedings Mm. or even sipping it. Uh, throughout the session 
what, what you don't hear often about is, for example, is uh, circadian rhythm factors. Mm. Your body has circadian rhythms, which is basically uh, a 24-hour clock. Your body literally, quite literally, has a clock in it, in its brain. And this clock influences all the systems. It tells you when to be more active, when it's time to sleep, and this changes all the systems. Um, but more generally, in terms of nutrient timing, exercise frequency, what people need to understand here, the underlying principles, is how protein metabolism works. That's also why, for, uh, for example, meal frequency, it's not the case that there is like one optimal meal frequency. That's often what you hear, you know, you have the uh, intermittent fasting camp and before that you have the six meals a day camp and they're still there. But there is a range in which this matters in terms of meal frequency. And you don't just have to consider meal frequency, you have to consider the distribution of nutrients across the day. And I think that's even more important than the exact meal frequency because in most studies indicate that meal frequency within most relevant ranges doesn't matter that much. Yeah. So actually, I can see your, you know, what we're talking about here, of course, is taking what we read in the science, which is, which is very much a case of, of, of looking at a wide variety of data. And of course, they, they you know, we, we publish the means. So we're describing the averages of those things. And, and what you're talking about is very much about taking that that knowledge, that information and applying it into the specific scenarios that that you, you know, that, that the individual or the client or whatever finds themselves in, which, of course, is extremely complex. Um, and like you say, there, you know, there's levels of frequency of training, training demand types of training, which could be anything from, um, you know, very easy stuff to, uh, to uh, heavy sort of glycogen depleting training, which obviously has an impact in, in, in one's nutritional needs, particularly in the replenishment of glycogen as it relates to their goals and or when they're going to train next or specifically that body part, that, that sort of thing. And of course, you raised an interesting topic there also is this business of circadian rhythms. And, you know, there could be some influences there, of course, on uh, certain hormones. We do know that hormones pulse and cycle at different levels mm-hmm. uh, of day and there's got to be an impact that those hormones have on what's going on at the time and you know at the sort of molecular level but of course we do need to remember that there's a difference between sort of foundations and basics and fine tuning and and i would imagine that that you're yes. gonna, you know you're going to agree obviously there's fundamental things that people need to get right first uh um which we're not suggesting is it, you know, is is going to be uh, solved purely by nutrient timing. I mean, if you eat too much food generally, that's going to be an issue. If you undereat food and and so on, um, which is which is kind of obvious, isn't it? But then people don't necessarily consider that. They they just go into this and irrelevant of their total amount of energy intake or or whatever. They just say, right, well, I've timed my you know my my protein and carbs accordingly, and they find themselves surprised that they still don't have good body composition. Right, that's what many people, um, you have the if it fits your macros uh, camp, like what I call, call pure if it fits your macros, the idea that nothing in your diet matters except your macros. And I mean, that's just so clearly wrong. There are literally dozens of studies. Um, actually, I'm not sure if there are dozens, but at least a dozen. Yeah. Um, that show that given the same macros, you have 
different effects on your health or body composition. So that's definitely wrong, but there is, um, I mean, it all interacts. And it's also not the case, uh, what you often hear, like, um, your macros are 90% and nutrient percent. Nutrient timing is 10%. I mean, it all interacts. You can't say that it's it's always 10%. Things don't work that way in the body. It's not like you have you can always get 90% of results and by this extra fine tuning, you can get the remaining 10%. These things can make the difference between complete stagnation, especially in advanced trainees, and uh, progress. Mm. So. Yeah. It's not like uh, there is this guarantee of progress and then you, you, you're just fine-tuning the exact amount. I mean, if you look around at the, the average gym, it's, it's clear that most people are not achieving their fitness goals. And then we're back at the topic of education. Yeah, but Fitness Summit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, that's why I love this stuff. I mean, it's just, a, you know, as you do, obviously. I mean, it's just a continual process of constantly needing to learn and upgrade one's knowledge and of course there's this it's, it's not just the knowledge that exists it's the it's the transference of that knowledge from science into into practice and from and and also you know placing it right the context and everything and i think that's the issue here is there's a lot of debate particularly on social media you know you've got some people going oh you know nutrient timing matters uh, nil frequency matters or and then you got another camp saying it doesn't matter and they'll start throwing studies at this and of course you know what they're not doing is 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 allowing the um uh the science to speak for itself you know and, and put it into context so yes context oh it's always about context which is uh <laughs> which is brilliant so anyway mate um it's been great to have you on here i i think you know, the, the mission here is just to pique people's interest. And there's obviously a lot we could talk about. Um, and um, I, you know, want to direct people back to the Epic uh, Summit, which is the point of this, this sort of special edition here. Um, just to remind the folks that the Epic Fitness Summit, which you can learn all about at epic-summit.co.uk, uh, is taking place between May 15th and 17th. Um, organized by the folks at Body Power. Uh, it's going to be an awesome three days, and we uh, look forward to seeing you there. I'll be there, of course. Uh, Menno definitely will be there because he's one of the speakers, as you've gathered, yep. along with a whole host of, of other peoples. But um, I'd, uh, 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 as well as saying thank you, Menno, for your time here and just giving us a little bit of an insight into you and some of the things you're going to be expanding um massively on which i can't wait to to listen to um also people can learn a bit more about you of course which um uh i, I don't know if i'm ever going to pronounce this right because um, i know uh, uh i probably massacre your name in your own language menno henselman so uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's close enough <laughs> it's close enough it'll do um, but your own website is um bayesianbodybuilding.com which is b-a-y-e-s-i-a-n bodybuilding.com um, and uh, that way folks can find out a bit more about you and get further intrigued about stuff that you might be talking about yes. so anyway that is um, the end of that so uh, cheers mate I've appreciated that little chat with you it's been fun and um, my pleasure yeah cool and um, that's the end of this uh, special edition we do science podcast for the epic fitness summit i of course am 
uh, Laurent Bannock, uh, the host of the We Do Science podcast. You, you will find many more of the regular podcasts coming up and there will, of course, be regular um, also uh, special editions uh, where I'll be chatting with these various people, these various experts and practitioners uh, between uh, the usual uh, podcast that I release on a more or less weekly basis. So you can find out more about that at uh, guruperformance.com and uh, look forward to seeing you all again soon.